0: Next comes more quickly than we expect every single time. And after the Potawatomi shows, I gave a lot of thought to how stories are told and remember listening to stories of my family. Being told. And I think that's how stories are told. We tell stories to one another. It's not gossip that has made humans able to congeal in language agreement, it's stories, shared experiences being able to feel what another person felt. And we've never before been able to do that with anyone closer to us than our family. But now, in 2018 and, you know, several decades previously, we are in a state of being entertained practically constantly, even if we are poor people working in the fields, we probably have been able to pick up an iPod for just nothing at a Salvation Army store. And the thing was loaded with, uh, you know, the entire Beatles library or, you know, whatever. I mean, I gave a guy an iPod and he was just, blew his mind that uh, it was loaded with all of Johnny Cash's whole library and the Beatles' entire library. And, you know, I didn't tell the guy that it was my daughter's iPad and that I had nothing to do with being so cool as to know how to have such libraries in a device so small. But that was decades ago now. Well, not decades, uh, you know, 12 years. iPods... uh, iPods, are kind of, they've been converged, right? We all use our phones for what we used to use iPods for. We all use our phones for what we used cameras for. We use our phones for what we used recorders for, what we used calendars for, what we used note takers for. We use our phones for a lot of stuff. Our phones are, if you've been with me long, you know, I think of us as homo augmentatious or something to that effect some scientific thing stating that we have changed ourselves into a new species with technology and there are great numbers of varieties within this particular subspecies of homo sapiens and uh the really arrogant ones say Homo sapiens sapiens. She, you know they're beyond the rest of us. They're like twice as smart. Well, anyway, those Potawatomi stories got me onto this kind of idea about how stories are told, and I'm going to tell you a story that Ezekiel told to some folks in Israel a long time ago, and they remembered it for. Hundreds of years until the time of Daniel and uh, Ezra and Nehemiah and the woman who spent one night with the king and uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Darius and Cyrus, those guys. This story had been being told for, you know, a couple hundred years. By the time it got written down here, and attributed to Ezekiel because the last person that could remember having heard the story said his grandfather told him that he heard it directly from Ezekiel. That's kind of the way it might have gone. So here's going to be the story in just a sec. As promised, Ezekiel 17. This is coming from the Jubilee Bible 2000 on uh, biblegateway.com now i've never read this particular translation so my reading of this may miss some nuances that i think myself familiar with in the king james version ezekiel 17 We'll talk about who Ezekiel was and the world that Ezekiel existed in, in the future. I've made my first invitation to a uh, a Christian man who says that he is part of the message that the world needs to hear in the last moments of time. And I figured, you know, he could be the prophet. So I asked him if he wanted to have a conversation with me on my podcast. We'll see what he says. It's a good story. I've been thinking about this guy for a couple of weeks now. And the key memory that tied me to him was a rock and roll band called Teuton Rock. All right, back to Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Now that's capital L-O-R-D that is there. And that is the supposedly unspeakable name of God that Jordan Peterson for one and people who believe he knew what he was talking about when he said it for several million others. People think there's some kind of rule in the Bible that says you're not supposed to say Yahweh. And, uh, you know serious minded jews tremble at the thought it's like a good christian saying one of those four or five words that you know kind of make you cringe when you use them in polite company whether you're a christian or not it's just rude to make scatological references and sexual references so coarsely in the general run of society So anyway, it's okay to say Yahweh if you know who Yahweh is. And in fact, the test that any man can use to verify whether the voices in his heads are in fact good or evil is to test that spirit, that idea, that angel of light, by asking it to define the relationship between Jesus the Christ of Christmas card fame and Jehovah, the God who met Noah in the bush, and all that happened in between. If you can't say that Jesus is Yahweh, you have missed the point of the whole Bible, and certainly you'll miss the point of (laughs) Chapter 17 of Ezekiel. But nevertheless, I have to go as far as this one beginning portion of a sentence. And the word of the Lord. Lord, there is the word Yahweh. There's not the Lord. It is and the word of Yahweh came unto me. The English translators left it or made it the lord so they would keep the rhythm because most of the many of the uses of the name yahweh are in psalms that were sung aloud in i should imagine very skilled choruses mimicking the noises of angels they would say anyway it's okay to say Yahweh. And the word that in English is word is a. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I do have a Strong's, and I think the word is Dalbar, and it takes about five pages in my Kindle to define it in all the ways that it was used in the Bible. So, we are saying something more than just an old story. We're speaking from the mind of a man who believed that he was uttering words that came to him from beyond himself. from a being he knew as absolutely almighty. And the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man, propose a figure, and compose an enigma unto the house of Israel, and say, Thus hath Yahweh Elohim said, A great eagle, a great eagle with great wings and long members full of feathers of divers colors, came unto Lebanon and took the highest branch of the cedar. He cropped off the principal shoot and carried it into a land of markets. He set it in the city of the merchants. He also took of the seed of the land and planted it in a fruitful field. He placed it by great waters and set it as a willow tree. And it grew and became a vine of many branches, low of stature, whose branches looked at him and its roots were under him. So it became a vine, and brought forth branches, and shot forth sprigs. There was also another great eagle, with great wings and many feathers, and behold, this vine joined her roots toward him, and extended her branches toward him, that he might water it by the furrows of her plantation." It was planted in a good soil by many waters, that it might bring forth branches, that it might bear fruit, that it might be a goodly vine. Say thou, Thus saith Jehovah Elohim, Thus hath Jehovah Elohim said, Shall it be prospered Shall he not pull it up by its roots and destroy its fruits and let it wither? All of the leaves of her spring shall wither even without great power or many people plucking it up by its roots. Yea, behold, being planted, shall it prosper? Shall it be prospered? Shall it not Utterly wither when the east wind touches it. It shall wither in the furrows where it grew. And the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Say now to the rebellious house, Do you not know what these things mean? Tell them, Behold, the king of Babylon has come to Jerusalem and has taken its king and its princes. And led them with him to Babylon, and has taken of the seed of the kingdom, and made a covenant with him, and has brought him to an oath. He has also taken the mighty of the land, that the kingdom might be cast down, that it might not lift itself up, that it might keep his covenant, and stay in her. But he rebelled against him by sending his ambassadors into Egypt that they might give him horses and much people. Shall he be prospered? Shall he that does such things escape, and shall he who broke the covenant be able to flee? As I live, saith Jehovah Elohim, Surely in the place where the king dwells that made him king, whose oath he despised and whose covenant he broke, Even with him in the midst of Babylon shall he die. And not with a mighty army, nor with a great company, shall Pharaoh do anything for him in the battle when they cast up mounts and build forts to cut off many lives, seeing he despised the oath to invalidate the covenant. When, behold... He had given his hand and has done all these things. He shall not escape. Therefore, thus hath Jehovah Elohim said, As I live, surely my oath that he is despised, and my covenant that he is broken, even it will I turn upon his own head. And I will spread my net upon him, and he shall be taken in my snare, and I will bring him to Babylon, and will enter into judgment with him there for his trespass, which he has rebelled against me. And all his fugitives with all his armies shall fall by the sword, and those that remain shall be scattered toward all the winds, and you shall know that I, Yahweh, have spoken it. Thus hath the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, God Almighty, thus hath the Lord God said, I will also take of the highest branch of that cedar and will set it up. I will crop it from the principal branch, a shoot, and will Plant upon the high and sublime mountain. In the high mountain of Israel I will plant it, and it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruit and become a magnificent cedar, and under it shall dwell every fowl. Everything that flies shall dwell in the shadow of its branches, and all the trees of the field shall know that I, Yahweh, have brought down the high tree, have exalted the low tree, have dried up the green tree, and have made the dry tree to flourish. I, Yahweh, have spoken and have done it. Okay. Pretty good translation, I must assume. I mean, it tells the story that I'm trying to tell. It's part of the story that is coming to pass from the POV of same yesterday, today, forever. Time is only the test, my friend. We're here for a little while. These are absolutely, certainly my last days. No more than, you know, at a stretch, 50 more years. That's a drop in the bucket. But we will follow this podcast with one perhaps tomorrow where we discuss time from a perspective that I had never seen it from before, the perspective of a uh, some kind of super science guy that can be on TED Talks and things like that, whose name I can't remember, but he says the definition for time that really, really smart people have, they say time is what clocks do we'll talk about that in the future. Thank you so much for the feedback. It is effective. And we shall get less and less scatterbrained as more and more brains integrate into the output. So I think I honestly love you. That's the link that there is there. There's a uh, there's a non warrior link to reality that we all have. And uh, I think I've learned a way to activate it. Talk to you later. Adios.